Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jake Weingarten, and you're listening to the Basketball Prospect Show. In this episode, I'm going to give you guys a behind-the-scenes look at my overtime elite experience. I want to start with the backstory. Overtime, obviously a huge, well-known basketball media company that started a couple of years ago in New York City. And I've been a big overtime kid ever since I was in middle school, elementary school. You know, obviously being in New York City, the mecca of basketball, overtime was huge. You know, having camera guys at every game, throwing gear to the fans, just the overall overtime atmosphere is, you know, something that kids in New York love. And now it's reached the national landscape and overtime is everywhere. And I got to get my first overtime elite experience in Atlanta recently, and I was blown away. Everything I'd heard, I actually had a friend go down to Atlanta to take a tour of the overtime facility and, you know, get a firsthand look at it. And he was blown away. So I kind of knew going into it that I was going to be impressed somehow, you know, just hearing about it. And, you know, the people that I talked to, they're some knowledgeable people. So I, I definitely knew that they weren't lying to me or anything. So getting to see it myself was great. But I want to start with the backstory on overtime. When I was 16 years old, obviously, like I just said, being a kid in New York City, working for overtime or even being associated with overtime is sort of a big deal. And when I was 16, you know, I was working on the basketball grassroots uh, circuit and traveling and, you know, obviously scouting the game and getting a firsthand look at a lot of kids that, you know, are either an NBA now playing college at a high level and obviously the high school level. But I went into overtime. I went to their offices in Brooklyn, beautiful office, by the way, in Dumbo, Brooklyn. I'm a huge Dumbo guy. I love looking at the water and the bridge and the Brooklyn landscape. Excuse me, but overtime had brought me in. I did a little interview to work with them in, in some capacity. I just wanted some sort of experience with overtime. And, you know, I was a little hustler. I was 16 years old. I loved to work. I was freelancing with a whole bunch of companies, but they brought me in um, very classy. The hospitality was great. The people were awesome. They were really respectful. And, you know, I loved it. And, you know, I, I got the chance to Worked for overtime for a little bit, may have not lasted that long. But like I said, I was just a freelancer. I was looking for some experiences. And, you know, I got to have a small experience with them and, you know, build relationships with the overtime people and the overtime team. And it was something I enjoyed and I, I'll always be grateful for it. And I never take it for granted. But I kept my relationship with overtime. I knew that I was going to stay in the basketball world and there were some great people and we could help each other. And, you know, I stayed in touch with them and them starting the overtime elite organization this year and me being in the position I am in the basketball world and giving exposure to kids and, you know, just trying to help any way I can, you know, we thought it was in our best interest that I get a firsthand look at overtime. And, you know, I'd been hearing about it for so long and, you know, they were very generous to invite me and tell me I can come down anytime and get a firsthand look. And I decided that, you know, I wanted to drive to Atlanta. I had some free time on my hands and you know, I decided to drive to Atlanta, and that's where I was able to get the overtime experience. I got there. I went with two of my closest friends, and, you know, we wanted to get the overtime experience, and we got there real early. We got there about two hours before game time. It was on a Tuesday, so I already expected not really a sold-out crowd or nothing too crazy on a Tuesday night, but honestly, it was overtime, so I didn't really know what to expect. They're always going big and doing big, so 
I expected something. So we went in there, you know, we got a tour of the facility, which I also didn't expect. And it, it was beautiful. I was blown away. It's a three floor facility, I believe. I, I know I saw two floors, but I believe they said there was an extra floor in there. And everything is in one facility and the players live real close to the facility. Um, they, they have a really nice area they live in. It's beautiful there, right in downtown Atlanta. And, you know, we did our tour and the first thing they showed us was the lobby area. And what I was impressed with right away is when you walk into Overtime Elite's arena, the first thing you're seeing is banners of the players. So instantly, you know, you're getting that branding, you're giving your players exposure. And, you know, if you have a first time fan walking in, they can walk in and see a poster of Bryson Warren and be like, oh, I didn't know who Bryson Warren was. Now I see his picture and I hear his name, I'm going to know who he is. So, you know, their ability to put their players out there and, you know, show their branding and kind of give them a platform right away was a big deal and definitely stood out to me. But, you know, as a scout and somebody who's a student of the game and, you know, was, keeps my focus on the game at all times, you know, I wanted to see the basketball side of it and, you know, how these kids are going to develop. You know, they're signing these kids to very big contract deals and the goal is to get them to the NBA and, give them a professional platform out of high school. And they definitely have it. Um, I also got a good look at their training room and, you know, where the players train and where they lift and stuff like that. They have turf laid out out there in their training room, tons of equipment. It's, it's a powerhouse. And, you know, their ability to have these kids in there, not every day, but, you know, give them good access to, you know, work on their body. And they got great conditioning teams and strength teams there and people helping these kids out. And, you know, I was impressed. The whole development aspect was terrific. And this is the best part coming up right here. But the training room was amazing. But the best part about the training room is if you walk right out of the training room and turn a corner, you're right on the practice courts. So, I mean, obviously in college facilities and a lot of these NBA facilities, you know, the training room and the courts are right next to each other. So, you know, it makes sense. But right when you turn a corner, you're on the practice court and, you know, you have access to a shooting gun and all types of equipment. They have a lot of electronic stuff, you know, built in that arena that can censor the players and track the players in their basketballs. They're able to track their progress, which I found to be really cool. We're in 2022. So seeing stuff like that isn't too shocking, but it's still impressive. And the practice courts are beautiful. I mean, overtime elite branding everywhere. It would be like if you were walking into a, you know, college facility with the logos everywhere, but it's huge. And, you know, they got a bunch of practice courts, you know, overtime elite basketballs all over the place. And like I said, you know, they got sensors in the balls. They're tracking their progress. And, you know, I was just impressed with that side. And then, shoot, you walk right upstairs. I think it was upstairs. I, I'm just forgetting upstairs, downstairs. It was a huge building. I could have been lost if I didn't have someone showing us around. But you walk right upstairs, and you're in the arena. And the arena is beautiful, the, the Jumbotron the huge overtime O in the middle, um, just all the lighting, everything, like it was beautiful. And, you know, then you hit game time and, you know, the atmosphere is great. They got MCs, you know, talking during the game. And obviously, you know, that's not what you see in like the G League or anything like that. So it's a different type of atmosphere. And then you mix in the high level talent. You know, I got to see tons of kids. The Thompson twins blew me away. Um, I think they're going to be surefire pros. The Buleys were out there. They were great. Um, Emmanuel Maldonado is a kid I really enjoyed to see. He's not a player that people know about much and, you know, he lacks in size and you know, everyone, you know, points out size nowadays, but this kid is flashy. And, you know, I think he definitely has a future in basketball, whether it's, 
you know, overseas, wherever it is, that kid could play professional basketball. Um, who else did I see? I mean, Bryson Warren, he didn't play, but he was out there looked in good spirits. That's a kid who's going to be a pro one day. And Tyler Smith is a kid that blew me away. He's a 2023 prospect from Texas and overtime loves him. They rave about him. And John Montero didn't play in that game, but, you know, I was able to see him around the overtime facility. And that's a kid, obviously, who's in the first round talks. But my highlight of my overtime elite experience is I got to sit down with Jai Smith. And Jai Smith is a 2022 NBA prospect. And I'm going to touch about their uh, NBA prospects in a second. But Jai is a kid that I covered for years, starting at St. Thomas More all the way up to when he finished high school with Word of God. But on the topic of 2022 draft prospects, so at Overtime Elite, going into it, you know, not every guy is going to be draft eligible. They still have some high school kids. So like I said, Jai Smith finished the Word of God, and now he's with Overtime Elite in his first professional year, and then he can go to the draft this year because he graduated high school. So for the kids that don't graduate high school and go to Overtime Elite, they have an academic center in their facility for the kids that don't have a diploma yet. And when they finish their academics with overtime in their facility, they get a Georgia high school diploma. So this isn't a situation where these kids are just leaving high school early and, you know, not finishing their education. These kids are, you know, getting their diplomas and they still have class, they have study hall, there's still stuff they're doing every day on the academic side of things. So I give my props to overtime and I'm definitely gonna give them their flowers on that because you don't see that often. And I find that real cool because, you know, people think that these kids just leave high school and, you know, everything they're doing is different. And obviously the lifestyle is real different once you're a pro and stuff like that. But I mean, shoot, these kids didn't graduate high school yet. So once they get to overtime, they still got to finish that and then secure that diploma. So I found that to be really cool as well. Um, But back on Jai Smith, that's a kid I've covered for a long time. He had 34 scholarship offers in high school and, I was always one who said if he did go to college, this kid was going to dominate on a national level and he was already going to be a pro. So it didn't matter which way he went, but we're going to, you know, ship the audio over here soon and you'll hear it. But Jai and I sat down, we had a really great interview and, you know, we kind of touched upon a few things, you know, his overtime experience and his journey from St. Thomas More to Bull City Prep to Word of God to overtime and you know, ultimately getting where he is now. And we touched upon the development aspect of things too. And, you know, how overtime has made him better as a player. And I found it, you know, mesmerizing with the things he said. And, you know, I found it real cool that they have Kevin Ollie, a part of their staff. He was a huge staffer at UConn and has huge college experience. So the, the fact that players get to work with guys like that is definitely a huge deal. So I'm blown away with overtime. I wanted to touch upon my experience and you know we're in 2022 like i said these professional leagues are about to pop off and this is one that not many are talking about yet and i'll mention the fact that they had 21 nba scouts in the building the week that i was there i found that really impressive um people think this is just an entertainment league and you know i'm trying to show them that it's not and overtime elite was a great experience and i'm gonna put the audio on right now of josh smith and his interview with myself and we're going to give you the breakdown of the overtime elite experience and you'll hear it firsthand from a player. This is Jake Weingarten and you're listening to the Basketball Prospect Show.
What's up, everybody? This is Jake Weingarten of StockRises.com, and I'm here with Jai Smith, 2022 NBA draft prospect and a player that I've covered for a pretty long time already, right, Jai? Um, I was actually looking at it this morning. I interviewed you October 10th in 2020, and it's crazy because we were talking about your college offers, and you know, two years later, now you're in Overtime Elite's beautiful facility. Um, what's the overtime experience been like? Um, it's been great, honestly. It gives me a more visualized of being more of a pro. I knew I wanted to be a pro ever since, you know, from being a kid, having this dream of being in the NBA. I knew I just wanted to be a pro professional basketball player. And this is definitely giving me the opportunity to really showcase, like, be able to showcase it on a high level and to be able to have the tools I need, I need especially for guys, for example, Kevin Ali, people right. who worked in the NBA, and Ryan Gomes is my coach, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it really helps me, like, um, get that guidance, and, you know, for sure. I kind of want to start in Connecticut, St. Thomas More. What was that like? Oof, St. Thomas More, it was more like, you know, it was really uptight, really, really strict school. Mm -hmm. um, all, all boys. Um, it was it was cool. I wanted to go there. I was just between a few schools I had in mind. Two prep schools, like, you know, Brewster, stuff like that. Right. The school I was looking at. But I saw St. Thomas More as, like, being more of a, a standpoint, especially with Coach Quinn, and, you know, I had drum and stuff like that. So definitely a good starting point for you getting your career started yeah, yeah. in high school. Like if I didn't go to St. Thomas More, I wouldn't be here to be the person I am today because the hardships of like the hard work I had to go through and stuff like that, the, to go through like not playing and stuff like that, not being the best I'm on that team, obviously. Right. At that time, really made me put like made me the work that I have today. Right. And then let's move on to Bull City Prep. That's kind of when I started covering you. What was that experience like? Well, City was pretty cool, but it's just like. Uh, it was, um, it's very newer in the process of, like, you know, getting stuff together and stuff like that. Like, they, they, they have potential, but it just needs to get more and more touched up and stuff like that. But it was a pretty good experience, especially on a basketball standpoint. Right. Getting work in Word of God. So, you probably had one of the most dominant high school seasons I've ever seen. 27 points, 15 rebounds. How many blocks was it? Three or four? Yeah, three or four blocks. So, John Wall went there and had one of the most dominant seasons ever, and then you went there and you followed that. What was that like? It was crazy because, you know, ever since a kid in middle school, we uh, won our first championship for the school crime Charter academy at Word of God. Right. And I just I just loved the school. I loved, like, going there and stuff like that. I, it was like a common discipline. And fast forward my senior year, I go there, and I, I love the experience of Word of God, you know, Coach B and stuff like that. Right. It's like a family kind of, you stick closer to together. And the basketball, you know, it's, it's, it's just <laughs> it's installed in there. So right. And now we're here. You're at overtime, like I said earlier. What was enticing about overtime? You had 34 scholarship offers, Memphis, Florida State, Syracuse had interest. There were tons of schools involved. What made Overtime Elite so special that you came here over 34 scholarship offers? Um, I love, like, you know, I was thinking about college and stuff like that, and I liked a lot of schools and stuff like that, and I was like, to me, myself, I was like, I want to be professional basketball. Right. Why would I turn down, you know? Something that I, I felt this, like I want to be here, but then I feel it would be an opportunity to so where I wanted to be. Right. But um, that being said, you know, over time, just colleges, I went and saw it and I was like, eh, do I really want to go to college? Like, eh, I'm just school, right. basketball, school, and basketball. Why not be able to focus on my craft and, you know, be a pro? Right. I wanted to do all this as a kid, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and plus, the, um, just the connections we have now is the NBA the next level, like that's being treated as a pro, right. being prepared. And talking about your craft, what aspects of your game do you feel like you improved since you got here? 
uh, most definitely um, my just my overall like what I do best is you know my motor I've had a motor since I was young athleticism I've gotten better gotten stronger gotten bigger put on more pounds muscle like, stuff like that ball handling shooting understanding just understanding more understanding of the game being around professional guys for example like Tim even not even NBA Tim Fan an overseas champion right even guys like him like they really he really helps me like understand the game more understand mm-hmm. just not being on the court oh dunk ball is that third I understand like the reader spot we center reader spot spacing space out the floor and how to be able to be a 3 and D person when I need to or also be a lot so be very very versatile and just not have one thing at the game like DHO right. and stuff like that so basically just understand Right. And you're speaking of understanding the game, you know the game now is shooting and handles and being crafty, but why is being a rim runner and having a high motor so important? Because most guys and most players don't want to be touched. Right. No one really wants to be touched. No one wants to go against that. When you play against a guy with a motor, you can feel it. Like, you feel <laughs> like, yo, yeah, he's coming, he's coming after. Like, somebody you could be, you be a day, oh, you tired, this and that, and a third, and you're like, oh, I want to gonna get this game over with this and third that mother with the, the dude with the motor gonna come in and show you up every oh, yeah. time and it's like damn like yo like i gotta wake up like i, oh, yeah. I gotta bring like i was like gonna just kill you in the performance i want to talk about you and john montero because from what i hear you guys are absolutely lethal together and you're both two guys that i believe have a great shot at playing in the nba what's it been like playing with him how has he gotten you better and what are you thinking about the future with him? I love Montero's game. Montero is a very, very crafty, skilled guard. He's surprisingly really athletic. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, he has that to his game. He can hit passes like stuff I've seen like pro point guards in the NBA do something similar to. He has great range. He can space out the floor, so he can call. He's very, very smart at pick and roll. I noticed when I set him picks and stuff like that and dive. He'll see me on open cut when the other guy goes and help when the other guy's 80 20 in the corner and that guy's stuck. The other guy has to come hedge. The big man has to come hedge because they don't want him to shoot three. And I'll be open, or it's a mismatch with the guard, and he'll find me, flash you past me. Right. A very, very good lob over. So I, I'll, I'll be like that a lot. Now, if you were an NBA GM, why would you pick yourself in the NBA draft? Uh, most definitely, I would pick myself in the NBA draft because, you know, I'm a coma heart, motor. I'm a, even if I'm not the best in the gym, I'll work to be the best in the gym. <laughs> I, love, I love the game of basketball. Just, you know, it's not even about money for me. I just love the game of basketball. I love to play. Uh, I, just love to, I just love to work. And I can, I'll, I'll rebound for you. I'll get 10 and 10. I feel like I get 10 and 10 in the NBA right now. I'm a 10 and 10 type of player. I'll rebound, hustle. I don't get mad if I don't get shots. Like I'll play through that. Like for example, I look at the players like the Jaymon Greens and stuff like that. The Ben Wallace right. players. That's not like I'll shoot you. You tell me to go play my role. I'll go. Play. And those are some tough guys. Yeah. Those are some tough guys. Up, you tell me to put up the points, dunk the ball, shoot the ball. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm doing it. I'm a yes. I'm a yes man. I like whatever the coach tells me to do, I'm gonna do it. Right. And on the topic of the draft, you just signed with Family First. What, what's all about that? What's Family First, and what was them that sealed the deal for you? Family First was a great uh, stepping stone for me, like just signing with them and stuff like that. Because I was an agency thing with my summer when the agency is talking to me, talking to me and stuff like that. So it was really hard to make a decision because, like, you know, the Asian game could get really, you know, back. And yeah. Forward. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I really feel like Family First, honestly, like uh, they really, like they really. They really put like they really put. Oh, nah, you're good. They, uh, they put like they gave me a format and like similar to overtime. They gave me like a formula, a map of what, like what I need to work on, what I can become coming to the draft, right? And the stuff they did and the pre-success they had with most players that underdogs and stuff like that. 
and previously says they had, you know, we got D Fox, you know, stuff like that. It's like a family, family first. Like, family thing is like, even when I was getting recruited for college, I always said I want to go to a place that's like a, a family. I want to be in a family. Right. Like I said, like, a family that's going to hold you down no matter the ups and downs. Like, there's some agencies, you know, you mess up, they might, you know, buy. Like, well, right, know, exactly. So they're going to stick around and be like a family to me and like stuff like that. And I said, look out for even my family, stuff like that. That's awesome. So I want to shift the focus back to overtime and we're going to wrap things up soon, but. $10,000 on the line, things are spicing up. It was my first time here last night and it was intense, a lot of talking on the court, competition level was real high. What are the next few weeks looking like for you on the court? Next few weeks, most definitely um, focusing on, you know, being able to showcase what I can do. Obviously, I love to play my role because some people, like, I've, I've really learned, like, okay, um, you need to, obviously in the game basketball, you want to be a player to be able to do everything. But we are on a team with guys that are, really, really good. At some point, you got to be a role, like, accept your role. Sometimes it's okay to be, like, for example, like a Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, people didn't notice, but he was a good shooter. <laughs> and he said, all he said you want to do is rebound and uh, dunk and pass it. There's a drum, rebound, hustle, hustle his tail off. And I feel like I'll focus on doing, like, you know, the stuff that, you know, obviously I want to explain, I'm going to explain my game. But I feel like I'm going to do the stuff that, uh, you know, that got me. Right. Two more questions here. NBA player-wise, who do you watch film on the most, and who would you kind of compare yourself to? I would definitely say I would compare myself to. I would definitely say after summer game to. It's a tough heard, one. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard things from. Okay, quote me on this one. Ben Simmons, mm -hmm. but I can. I'm a little more versatile. I'm more about role so that I was, right. I was, I was, I was score. Right. I've heard Jordan Bell. That's an interesting one. Yeah, Jordan That's Bell, an interesting I've one. Heard, uh, I've definitely heard like a, a Draymond Green, an athletic Draymond Green. Right. And John Collins was one of my favorite ones I've heard. That's awesome. So last question. This is an important one. You obviously you have a huge platform. You know, you've got tons of young kids that look up to you. You know, there's fans in the crowd every single night watching you. What advice would you give your younger self and you know younger kids nowadays that want to be in your position? Uh, most definitely, just don't don't give up because you never know what like it might look hard then, but now like later on, you just just don't give up. You never know. Cause I hear people even great say like if I would have given up, like imagine that, like imagine for example if like Jordan gave up or LeBron gave up or one of those guys Kobe if they gave up, they wouldn't be who they're today. You never know. So always stay the course and always like know like it's, it, it rains, but you know. It's always a rainbow after the rain. That's awesome. This is Jake Weingarten, StockRogers.com, Josh Smith, Overtime Elite. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.